welcome to Travel Time. We're back again with some more episodes on our trip to the battlefields in Pennsylvania and Gettysburg. And today we'll talk a little bit about after we left Antietam, we were on our way to Gettysburg and we made two stops on the way that are both places that I think are sometimes overlooked. And wanted to talk a little bit about our visits there because we had a lot of fun and learned a lot at both stops. So after spending the morning and early afternoon in Antietam, we did the private tour. Um, you can hear about that in my previous episode. We were done right around lunchtime. So we stopped for lunch and then headed out to Harper's Ferry first on the way to Gettysburg. Harper's Ferry is a National Historic Park. This was a visit I wished we had more time at after I'd been. And I think I will probably return at some point to spend a little more time there. I would say probably at least half a day at this park. We would um, likely have had more time, but the park services had only recently reopened during COVID. And when we were there, the hours and the services were still impacted or reduced. We got there and thought we would have a little more time, but they were closing a little bit early that day, things like that. So other than limiting our time there, it didn't really have any negative impacts to our trip that, that bothered us. We weren't able to visit any of the trails just a lower town. So on a return trip, I would definitely plan to do some of the trails because some of those trails do get into some of the additional history of the area. And I personally would like to see that. They have apparently 22 miles of trails in the area. So there are quite a few to pick from. So many people know of Harper's Ferry from John Brown's raid on the town before the Civil War. Um, on October 16th, 1859, John Braid, who was an abolitionist and 21 of his men and, and sons, invaded the town and took over the federal arsenal and rifle factory. Their desire was to arm a rebellion and to encourage local slaves to rise up and to they were going to use those things to arm them. The act was ultimately unsuccessful. It was a fight that ultimately involved over a thousand people on the border of Maryland and what was then Virginia. Harper's Ferry is now part of West Virginia, but that didn't happen during the Civil War. The event was a significant turning point leading up to the Civil War. By 10 a.m. on October 17th, so the next day, the local militia and townspeople had cut off Brown's men. Brown asked for a truce but refused to surrender. Ultimately, 16 people were killed in the event. Ten were from Brown's own men. And on December 2nd, Brown and six of his other men who weren't killed during the raid were hung for their crimes at that on that day. Harper's Ferry was also a key battle site in the Civil War, and I think a lot of people don't realize the pivotal part it played there. And I didn't realize how many times it had changed hands. When we were in Antietam, we learned from our private guide that the town changed hands eight times during the Civil War. Learned additional about that when we were at Harper's Ferry. But the rebels were interested in Harper's Ferry because it was a key base for Union supply operations, and it protected the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. It also protected the B&O Railroad. Both were key corridors for transport for the Union Army. Harper's Ferry directly relates to Antietam because just prior to Antietam, Stonewall Jackson was sent by Lee to Harper's Ferry to take the town again and seek out replies for the Rebel Army. He secured the surrender of 12,500 federal troops, the largest capitulation of the Civil War, which occurred September 15, 1862. And just to compare time, Antietam happened on September 18th. So following this capitulation, they secured the area, and then most of the men marched over and then participated in Antietam just three days later. The site today is nicely preserved. You can visit the ruins of the armory as an exhibit on the historical significance of the location. John Brown's fort, um, where he made his last stand, is also there. You can enjoy preserved buildings by walking through the historic town. 
One thing of note, if you're planning a visit there, is there's almost no parking at the side of the town. It is highly recommended and sometimes mandatory that you park at the entrance station and take the shuttle to the town. This is what we did because at the time it was mandatory due to COVID regulations. And it was very efficient, had no trouble getting a shuttle there back. I think at most we waited five minutes on the way back to get a shuttle back. They run about every 15 minutes or 10 minutes. So very convenient. Um, I would definitely look look at doing that versus taking your car in, trying to find a spot, and then having to potentially find that there are no spots and go back and take the shuttle in anyway. Just a better idea all around to just take the shuttle in the first place. In the summer, this tends to be very busy, and it's a very small area. So just even when we went during COVID, it was late in the day before park closing, and we were we were on the last shuttle going back to the parking lot. It was still pretty busy. Note the capacities may be restricted during due to the ongoing pandemic or the crowd size in the summer, things like that. And your preferred order of seeing things may be impacted. So one of the things their website calls out is there's a one trail, the Maryland Heights Trail, that's really popular. And you may just want to do a different trail first and then go back to that if it's particularly busy when you get there. So just have a couple things in mind in case what you want to do is a little bit too busy. It is also a trash-free park, so be prepared that any trash you have on the trip, you need to be able to pack back out and throw away outside of the park. And so that um, is something to keep in mind as you're going in. All in all, I would highly suggest a visit to Harper's Ferry. I think being there gives you a much better sense of why it was so important in the Civil War, why maybe John Brown selected it as a spot to try to do a raid and then start an uprising. It's also just a gorgeous area. Um, I've mentioned on a couple of podcasts that I'm very interested in birds. There are peregrine falcons that nest in the cliffs along there too, so you can sometimes see those as well. From Harper's Ferry, we continued our drive up to Gettysburg, and on the way we stopped at Monocacy National Battlefield. And I'll admit, when we when we planned the trip, I saw that it was on the route. I had never heard of the Battle of Monocacy, and I went and so we decided to stop there partially so I could just kind of see what what it was all about. And it was very much on the way. We didn't have to divert really at all. So we did stop there. We arrived after the visitor center closed for the day, but we had looked at the site in advance and they have a driving tour. And most of what you can see at the park is on the driving tour anyway. So we stopped even though we knew we were going to be past the visitor center hours. And honestly, when we planned our time at Harper's Ferry, we knew that we didn't have to worry about the visitor center being open. They have on the website a series of audio recordings that go with each stop on the auto tour. You can download them in advance or you can listen to them as you go on the trip. Sometimes the cell service is a little patchy, but we actually downloaded them as we went and didn't have a huge issue. We had to wait a few times for it to kind of catch up. The auto tour is really easy to navigate. I hadn't, as I said, I hadn't known of this battle before, but it is known as the battle that saved Washington, D.C., In the summer of 1864, the rebels planned to try to take D.C. and influence the upcoming election by having a big military loss for the Union right before it. On July 9th, Union soldiers under Major General Lew Wallace were outnumbered three to one in this fight along the Monocacy River. And they were trying to buy time for the Union reinforcements to get to D.C. So Grant was south and was sending reinforcements, but it was going to take time to get there. So the entire intent of this campaign was to buy time. So ultimately, the Union didn't win this battle. They were routed. But the time it took to do that fight basically saved D.C. because Grant's reinforcements arrived. 
the, the rebel army couldn't take the town and it was that was the intent of the battle basically so the driving tour has five stops it took us a, between an hour and an hour and a half to do the tour we did stop at each spot listen to the audio we read all the posted information that was there we did have stop two at the time was closed because they were working on the road and the bridge around that area. And so they weren't allowing people to stop there. So we didn't, but we did listen to the audio for step two at the next stop. We also technically did the steps out of order. We did one, five, four, three, instead of one, three, four, five, but we were trying to avoid backtracking. So they kind of, it's a very small area and they go back and forth, but we were headed on to Gettysburg after. So we did just do them out of order. Um, it's easier to keep the events in order in your head if you do them in order, but we did avoid the backtracking time. So if I was in the similar circumstance again, I would do that again. But if I had more time to explore the area, I would definitely do them in order to try to follow the flow of the day a little bit better. So stop one is best farm. Uh, the rebel troops emerged from Frederick, Maryland and pushed the union towards the Monocacy river in and around the best farm buildings which um, forced Lou Wallace into the decision of what he was going to do next. At stop two, the New Jersey Monument and Railroad, the 14th New Jersey, was a regiment known as the Monocacy Regiment. And they were known as this because they were stationed there to protect the railroad long prior to the battle. Their monument marks their participation and their contributions to the fight in that, in that area especially. Stop three is Wormington Farm, and this is where the rebel cavalry crossed a ford along the river and moved across the property to their house. And they moved there to attack the Union forces at the Thomas Farm, which is nearby. Stop four is the Thomas Farm. That's where the heaviest fighting of the battle was in and around Thomas Farm. The farm buildings and had changed hands multiple times during the day. And if you are at Thomas Farm, you can look down and see the Worthington Farm. So it's all kind of one big battlefield encompassing between those two farms, and the river runs kind of through it in a way. At Stop 5, Gambra Mill, this is where the Union began to retreat across Thomas Farm to the railroad. They retreated across by Gambrel's Mill towards the B&O Railroad track. And so note that there were two Medal of Honor recipients from this battle, both from the Vermont Regiment. So... For a small one-day battle with relatively small amounts of forces, I believe the Union had about 6,000, the Rebels had 18,000. We did, there were two Medal of recipients in that group. I would say Monocacy is worth a visit. It's a nice go-at-your-own-pace site. It's also neatly on the way between Antietam and Gettysburg if you're doing a battlefield trip like we were, or if you're just a Civil War history buff. I think not a lot is known about that battle, but it did have some key um, elements to it that really helped out the outcome of the war. So I would, I would definitely advise stopping. It can be a quick stop. Um, I have heard the visitor center is nice, but I have not been there. So we continued on to Gettysburg and that's what our next episode will be about. Thanks for joining us and until I get next time, happy travels.